Well, grace, peace, and mercy be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, hearing that passion scripture again tonight that Pastor Alan read for us is, is tough at, at times. Just even taking a moment to sit back and think about those words. To hear about those who go to our uh, Savior in a way to try to betray him, to, to, to spit on him, to, to beat him, and we see his, his reaction. Uh, you see how we come to our theme that we have for tonight and through this series, that it's all about love, that it truly is about the love that our Lord has for us, that he would literally do anything for any of us here tonight, that he would give all that he has all that he was, all that he ever would be for you and for me. When I hear those words tonight, it opens up my ears to be able to listen to his message, to be able to hear about his love. Every week we've been taking just a small piece of that 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13 passage and looking at different elements of love. It tells us what love is, it tells us what love is not. And tonight we focus a little bit on the subject matter of anger and forgiveness. Two things that are very much opposites. One that love is and one that love is not. From the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5, we hear these words regarding the subject of love. Remember, we're speaking about God's love. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. You know, some people, when they get angry, maybe some of us here tonight, we have a tendency to be able to to lash out. We have a tendency to be able to do things quickly and maybe in a a harsh manner. Maybe your employer did something to steal from you in some way. And so then in our mind, it's okay to steal from our employer. I'm just taking back what is mine. Uh, Maybe someone will say, you know, so-and-so, maybe my my spouse had an affair on me. Isn't it okay now that I am to have an affair on them? We like to make comparisons as human beings. We like to be able to get back at people. It makes us feel just a little bit better, we would think, if we can experience that, if they can understand the pain that I am currently going through. I heard a pastor put it uh, this way this week. It was very interesting to me. Trying to put anger and pain upon someone like that is like taking a a rifle and pointing it at ourselves and pulling the trigger trigger with hopes that the recoil is going to hit the other person. It makes no sense. Nobody wins. We're only hurting ourselves when we lash out in anger in that way. Sometimes in our anger... We have a tendency to express it like that in negative ways. Some of us maybe suppress our anger, that we hide it uh, deep down. And this is maybe what we've learned to be able to do. But we need to figure out is how can we admit our anger? Admit it both to ourselves and most importantly, can we admit it to the Lord? Because the only way that we can get rid of the anger that we have is to truly confess it to confess it unto him, and to be serious about stepping away from it. One way we step away from our anger is to repattern our, our mind, to change 
our thinking. Let me explain what I mean by that. Repattering our, our mind. Anger is truly a, a learned response that we have. The way you and I many times react in our anger is the way that we were learned, uh, learned from others of, of how to treat certain situations. Maybe it was our, our parents. Maybe it was our, our, our grandparents. In ways we saw them react to certain situations that makes us today then react to certain situations in a very interesting way or maybe a similar way. The good news is those learned responses can truly be unlearned, but we need to know that they exist. We need to admit that. I know that I am uh, flawed. I know that there are times I need to make sure that I am controlling that anger because I know that my own uh, precious daughter looks up to me. I know that I am a role model within her life. I know the way that I respond in situations within my household are ways that she is, is learning. That our children learn from us both in the good and in the bad. And that is the, one of the items that we have here tonight in the subject of anger. That's our Sunday series that we're going through right now, right? The concept of generations. We hear that key theme verse from the book of Joel chapter 1 verse 3 that shares that all things we have within scripture we are called to pass on to our children and their children to their children and their children to the next generation. And while we can do that with this gospel message that we can hear tonight uh, with the love of our Lord, we unfortunately can also do with items like anger or the negative elements that we have in our life. We can pass them down in the exact same way. But what does God's word have to tell us about anger? How do we repattern our mind? What does that look like of pushing aside this un? learn behavior to a different uh, factor within our lives. Let's look at Romans chapter 2, excuse me, chapter 12, verse 2. We hear these words from Paul, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The pattern of this world. What is the pattern of this world? What does that look like for our anger? What does that look like in expressing it? What does it look like in repressing our anger? What does that look like? The pattern of this world. Imagine uh, what our children see within this world for those patterns of anger. Or what you and I see. What you and I hear. The messages that we take in. What do those things look like. This morning, uh, one of the first things I did when I got up, just as I was getting ready for the day, I turned on uh, the radio, just on to the news, just to be able to listen. And I think about what that news report was uh, sharing with me, the messages that I was taking in. When you're at Target this week, uh, do a a quick little U-turn and go over to where the video game section is for our our children and look at what those video games look like. Just the covers. You don't even have to touch them. Just look at the covers. What is the message that our world is conveying to our children and to us, by the way? What is that message we are taking in? What does that look like in this form of anger 
or this form of, of violence that we are told within Scripture that we are not to have, that love is not something that is angry. But when we are taking those messages in, when we are pattering our minds, what happens to us? That's why Paul says in that text for this evening, be transformed. Allow our minds to be transformed. Let God be able to shape the way that we think. This is a key element in stepping away or outside of this box of our anger. Because when we act out in anger, we're acting out because of the way that we feel, correct? It's what we are feeling at that moment. But the way that we feel is truly determined by the way that we think. I never thought about this scripture verse like this before until, until this week when I looked at that. Again, go through that with me. The way that I act is based off the way that I, that I feel, and the way that I feel is truly based off the way that I think. If I'm in a, a good mindset, if things are going well, when negative things come my, my way, if I am focused on the Lord, I am able to better deal with those things. I am able to better respond to those things. If I'm in a mindset that is of selfish thinking, uh, that is uh, of a degrading thinking, that is breaking down my life, then when those things come at me, those negative elements, those bad situations, those sinful things, then how am I going to respond? Well, based off of my feeling, that is based off of my thinking, I'm going to respond many times in, in anger. I'm going to respond in ways that are inappropriate. It's founded off the way that I think. So if I want to change the way that I act, I really need to follow what the Lord is calling me to tonight, that I need to change the way that I think. I need to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. And it's only our Lord that can do this for us. This happens in a time of prayer. It happens in a time of meditation. It happens in a time of us exploring the word like we are doing tonight, that we are going to be with the Lord on this journey because we cannot do it on our, on our own. We can't. It's something that the Lord's Spirit works within us. And the Lord warns us about this over and over again within Scripture, to be careful. It's not just this one element that we see in 1 Corinthians 13 that says, here's uh, some advice about anger. Uh, This is uh, embedded throughout Scripture. Look at the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, uh, verses 24 and 25. The author writes for us, Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. What wise words. Didn't your parents tell you this? Can you hear these words in your parents, right? Be careful of the company that you hold. Uh, Be careful who you're going to go and hang out with tonight. They're going to affect you. They're going to change you. And that's true. Take a, a good child, a great child, and put them in a household that is a, a abusive, a foster care household that is abusive, not their, their uh, birth mom and dad. Or take that child and put them on the street, a good kid, a great kid, put them in uh, a, a gang surrounding that people are going to have these influence on them. What's going to happen to that good kid? What is going to happen to that great kid? Are they going to remain like that? Or will they be changed because of the company that they keep? 
because of the people that are around them. And when we hear these words from the Lord, he's not saying, you know, we'll push those people off who are angry, uh, completely get rid of them, they are worthless. Uh, He's talking about forming boundaries there, about making sure we're not saying that we don't love that person, that we don't respect them, we're not being judgmental, but we're trying to at the same time make sure that we are not being influenced in that. Did you see that last word that the Lord uses there, ensnared? I just think of a, a fox's leg being stuck in a, in a trap, right? Be careful that you yourself may not be ensnared because of their temper, because of that person who is easily angered. Be careful, the Lord tells us. But then what did you tell your, your parents? Do you remember you would, your parents would tell you, you know, be careful, these people are going to wear off on you, those bad influences. And what do we tell our parents? No, mom, no, dad, I am going to wear off on them. I am going to change them. The good person in me is going to affect them. And we think that sometimes, that we are going to, to change them. But is that the easiest? You know, Pastor Allen and I have a, a huge privilege here at Shepherd of the Desert of being able to conduct uh, quite a few weddings, each of us, uh, throughout the years and throughout the months that go by. Beautiful ceremonies, many of which are held uh, right here at this altar in this church. Most of them begin uh, the same, and sometimes I see in that wedding preparation a little bit of that attitude. Uh, the bride comes down the, the aisle here. They come and they stand at the, the altar, and usually uh, that hymn will finish playing. And that seems to become this, this recipe, if you will, for success. Coming down the aisle, standing here at the altar, and then singing that hymn. And I think some brides think that's going to work. Uh, aisle, altar, hymn. I'll alter him. I will alter him. And it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't work, right? That is, that is not a success. But we think that. We think that, all of us. I can change this person. I can do that. Mom and dad, don't worry about me. I am going to do this. But the Lord tells us, be careful. Don't be ignorant in that. Yes, we do have influence on others in the love that we have and the forgiveness that we provide, but be careful to guard your own heart because of the anger that others have, the ensnarement and entrapment that they have. Last year, in America alone, just within last year, uh, there were four million uh, cases reported of a husband abusing their wife. Four million in the United States. Last year alone in the United States, there were 10 million cases reported of parents abusing their children. What causes somebody to do that? A man to hurt a woman, a spouse, parents to abuse and hurt their their children. What does that? What causes this behavior? The book of Proverbs gives us some feedback on this. Uh, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 29. uh, This is the message version. It says, Exploit 
or abuse your fa- ex- exploit or abuse your family and end up with a fistful of air. Common sense tells you it is a stupid way to live. Exploitation and abuse, they're rampant within our world. You only need to look at those two statistics of last year alone, and it just allows us to shake our, our heads. When we look at stats like that, it would seem like this concept of anger is trumping the concept of forgiveness that this love is trying to pull us back to. And so maybe we ask the question again, how can people change? If this is a learned behavior that we are receiving from our world, that we are receiving from our parents, how do we change? And I think there's truly only one answer. We need to rely on the Lord's help. That's all we can do is rely upon God's help in the strongest way. In the book of Romans, chapter 15, verse 5, Paul writes these words. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. You see, we can't rely upon uh, medication. We can't simply rely upon uh, self-help books. We can't simply rely upon uh, conferences, all those things, maybe tools that we have at our disposal, but we can't rely upon them as our foundation because they all take a backseat at best when compared to the Lord, to the endurance and the encouragement that his word provides for us. But the encouragement and the endurance that his son has given to us, again, even when we hear that passion reading tonight, Doesn't it give us passion of the God who did so much and continues to do so much for me and for you that we can have that same mind and that same thinking as the author writes that Christ Jesus had? Our relationship with Christ uh, drives our capacity for our, our patience, how much patience we have. And our patience combats our craving that our bodies, our sinful bodies, have for anger. But controlled anger is able to birth this gift of forgiveness that God continues to share with us. Jesus himself points out that this is a problem, that we need to have this forgiveness within us, or or a flaw is created. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, we hear Jesus say these words, You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. I love that. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. You see, the problem is never our mouth, is it? The problem is my heart. For my mouth only portrays the message that my heart is putting out. A harsh tongue is the symptom of a tainted and tarnished heart. And so we need to focus that message upon what is happening on the inside. Maybe we need to look at it as each of us, as sinful individuals, as we are confessing this unto the Lord, uh, we need heart transplants. 
That's what all of us need. We need a heart transplant from our Lord. One that is not bitter or harsh, but one that is kind, that is loving, and maybe most of all, one that is forgiving. This is what King David calls out to the Lord to be able to possess in Psalm 51. Remember those words? Lord, create in me a clean heart, O God. We should pray that exact same thing. Lord, create in me a clean heart, O God. Maybe it's your heart that is uh, frustrated tonight. And so maybe God needs to create a peaceful heart within you. Maybe you have an insecure heart uh, this evening, and so maybe the Lord needs to create a confident heart within you. Maybe you, a loved one, a friend, a spouse, has a, a broken heart tonight, one that needs to be filled with our Father's love. This is so important. It's so important. And the Lord tells us that over and over again. Guard your heart. There's a big, big importance there for me. Look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 with me tonight. Look at these words. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. I got to read it again. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Have you ever noticed that when you are squeezed, whatever you are made of flows out of that? This morning when I, when I brushed my teeth, I squeezed that, that bottle of toothpaste. And when I squeezed it, it had toothpaste inside and toothpaste came out. This morning when I was in the shower, the shampoo that was there, it had shampoo in it. And so when I squeezed it, it was that shampoo that came out. Yesterday morning, I was able to meet one of our elders for breakfast. Uh, it was at one of those places that had that fancy orange juice machine, and they were throwing the oranges in there. And when it squeezed those oranges, what? Orange juice came out. So what about for you? The next time that you are squeezed, that you are in that situation of tension, that time when anger could just spew out, what is going to come out from you? What is on the inside Because as our Lord writes to us tonight, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. We pray that that answer is Christ. For when Jesus is expelled from us as Christians, as his disciples, so is the gift of love. So is the miracle of forgiveness that he has given to us. Have you ever thought about when Jesus was uh, squeezed for our sin? In those words we heard in our passion reading for tonight, in the events that we know we will hear about in just a few short weeks from now, that when Jesus is squeezed for our sin, man, it would have been easy for that anger just to come out. It would have been so easy for revenge to come forth. It would have been so easy for punishment to come down upon the world, and that would have been justified. But when the hands of of Christ are squeezed upon that cross, 
when his feet, the feet of Jesus, are pressed into that, that wood, when the Son of God's side is compressed so much by that spear, all we see, all we hear, all we receive is a gift of love and a gift of forgiveness, that which is inside of his heart. And so tonight, praise be to God. May he who guarded his own heart for our sake now guard ours. Let's pray. Lord, there are many tensions that await us within your world. And Lord, you know those things just as we do. For you walked upon this earth and experienced those trials and those temptations in so many ways. Lord, for all of us here tonight, uh, our prayer is exactly what we heard within your word. Create in us a clean heart, O God. I pray that for every individual in here tonight, including myself. Lord, that you will make that transplant within us of removing that anger and replacing it with forgiveness. That this is something that we will be able to show as your disciples within your world. That we will be able to confess upon our lips that that next element of our life when it comes and we are squeezed and it will come, that you will be birthed from that. That we will call upon your name. Lord, help us in guarding our heart. Help us in remaining faithful to you and to the gospel message that you have given to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.